Yeah, this morning I'm joined by John Roberts, uh, founder of Predictology website and professional gambler, John. Yes, uh, thanks, Simon. Um, really pleasure to be here. Uh, so you're in the, you're in the Philippines, and we'll get to uh, why later on. But first of all, I'd just like to um, well, I'd just like to sort of say, so you're John Roberts. You give me some information about yourself. We met at the Smart Bash a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. Uh, you must have been the longest travel to be there, I would imagine. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you, so I'm just going by what you've told me. You've been a successful punter since 2010 and a mm. full-time punter since 2017. So can you just sort of, uh, what is your game in a, in a brief? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, obviously from the accent, you'll know I'm from the UK. Um, I had a long, long career in the digital marketing industry, uh, which blended quite well from a betting perspective at the time. It was very uh, data-driven and a lot, of time, a lot of time spent in Excel. Um, and it was some, you know, passion for me on the side, but I had a very good, enjoyable and successful career, which is why I kept it sort of as a as a as a part time thing. But you know, as we got to around about 2016, 2017, uh, I felt the time was right to go full time. Uh, the technology site was also growing, and and this technology was allowing us to develop more tools, which is enabling and improving my uh, betting uh, opportunities, and, and and obviously the member base was growing as well. Okay, so how so how long were you punting seriously before 2010? Um, I was talking to someone about this the other day. So I so I would say I was not someone who has a traditional uh background into betting. Uh no one in my family bet, wasn't exposed to it until probably I was about 20 years old. Uh I think my earliest memory I can recall of a, a bet was Red Marauder in the 2001 Grand National. I think it was the year when only four of the race the runners finished the race. Um but over that sort of next 18 months, um, I was working in France for a year, got very close to a friend, just to an, a, a guy who's very much into his betting. We had, a, we had a, quite a successful World Cup, 2002. Um, and that was around about that time I got introduced to uh, Betfair, which had certainly, and all of this sort of, sort of combined to pique my interest further. Um, and I was working, and I discovered a site, which some of the older listeners might recall, is called Adrian Massey, uh, which was just a gold mine for racing data and racing stats and everything and, and that really sort of appealed to my analytical um problem solving mind so that's probably around about 2004 2005 is where i was was more focused on horse racing and developed models did well for a time and edges would change and move um but it was sort of from probably around 2007 2008 through to 10 where things started to get more uh, more serious for me and it was actually more on the football side than the horse racing side as where um i was having more more success and finding more edges in the market I'm finding it a little bit easier to get on as well. Can you identify that what happened that enabled you to leap to be a winning punter? I assume you were a losing punter when you first stick your toe in. Certainly, yeah. Um, I think for me that it was the the motivation was first of all not to lose money. So I, I was it was not necessarily I was thinking this would be a career or something that I would make a lot of money from, but it was a, it was a pastime that I enjoyed and I figured I needed to get better at it just to ensure that I was at least going to break even with it. And that's why I, I've always taken a very data-driven uh, approach to it. It's 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 the line of work that I had when I was in, in, in the corporate game. So I'm just very comfortable dealing with a lot of data, analyzing data and looking for trends or things that people um, maybe overlook um, and looking at things from a sort of slightly different angles. So that's what sort of drew me in, as it were. Okay, so we're, go we're going to more depth, a lot more depth into what you do in a bit. But I want to go on to... Uh... Predictology. So you launched the website in 2014. 
Um, I looked at it yesterday. It's, you know, there's a lot mm. of stuff on there. Um, can you explain to people that don't know about it or use it how it works? But in a, in, once again, in a condensed. Yeah, sure. So the genesis of predictology, um, it kind of sort of takes me back to those Adrian Massey days in that if you look at a horse race and there is a wealth of data uh, that you can you can access and access quite freely uh, when it comes to horse racing and you can go as deep and as far down the rabbit hole as you wish with it. But from a football perspective, and I still think it's the case largely now, there is a huge amount of statistic websites, you know, the who scores of this world and, 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 other, and, and other similar websites, but none of them actually brought the betting aspect into it or the profit and loss aspect into it. So you could see a hundred different statistics about a game, but how do you know which, which of those statistics is actually a valuable insight or just a generic insight about a game and how can you use that to inform your betting? So when I started uh, Predictology, it was basically building a tool that I needed myself because I was doing a lot of this work in Excel or the kind of database platforms. And it actually just started off as a system builder. So we've got, at the time, I think we had about 250,000 matches, which I was able to access and bring to the database. And this had, you know, in-depth results for every match within those data databases, including the betting odds associated um, across many markets. So by building that uh, tool, we were able to then, uh, you know, in a matter of seconds, you could put in various form filters, you know, as a simplistic term, if Arsenal have lost the last two games, would it be profitable to back them to win the third game? And then you can do that interrogation of the database. And obviously you can go much more complex than that, but that's a simple, simplified example of that. Okay, see, so I was interested that you launched the site uh, six years before, no, not sorry, not six years, three years before you actually went full-time as a punter. Um, mm -hmm. what, what was the mindset beyond that? Would you keep it to yourself for a bit longer? Yeah, so I was, I had it for a few years before 2014 and it was in pretty raw format. But over time, I was using uh, developers to build out a tool that I felt was publicly usable and publicly uh, available. Um, and I've always had stuff that works behind the scenes that's not released onto the platform, but, but would be specific to my approach. Um, but it, I was also at the time, you know, enjoying a very successful career. So it was something that was, was much more of a, a side project. And I was happy to sort of open up to the, to the wider public because, you know, a thousand people could go onto that tool and we'll come up with a thousand different ideas or different approaches. So it was never something that was going to be giving away an edge of mine immediately or anything like that. Okay, now I've got to apologise to, to viewers and to you because I'm of an era that um, a computer as big as the room was used to send out invoices. So I'm, you know, I'm not very good on the on the technicalities of what you do. But yeah. just looking at the predictology yesterday, you cover a staggering number of games. I mean, how do you harvest mm. all that data? Yeah, um, so... Interestingly, so when we first launched the tool, it was pretty much just the, the, the system builder and, you know, you're left to your own devices on that. So what we've done uh, as technologies allow, so we've built a lot of algorithms and machine learning tools that sit above that data and allow us to interrogate it. So that helps in terms of my own model generation. Um, but we also then share a number of those models for members. So if you're coming in and you're the type of person that wants to get into the weeds of it, then you can go into the system builder and start developing your own strategies that will work for you. Otherwise, we have sort of preset strategies that we've developed over the years that are profitable and you can pick and choose for those to sort of suit your style, whether um, that you want to bet into. 
Right. So you could, so you've got ready-made systems in there for somebody like me that's, that wouldn't yeah. be able to set their own game. Okay, I got you. That's so, right. But basically, is it right to say then that everything on Predictology has been built because you needed it, and it's just a byproduct of your professional betting? Effectively, yeah. So, you know, if, if something's been built on there, it's probably because I've used it at some point or needed it. Um, we also have a great community around the product now, so we, we're we're regularly re receiving requests and suggestions as well. And where possible, we'll we'll build that in for people as well. So, have you sort of had contact with some real, real bright sparks that have impressed you? That have sort of you know you yeah. sort of work with. Yeah, um, you know, every so often we really do come across someone, and you know, we've had private conversations, and that's. You know, we've helped each other out with stuff. You know, I was actually talking to someone, uh, one of our members who joined during 2020, um, and uh, he's recently, through the profits he's made through Predictology, bought an apartment in Spain and is moving there next month. So um, it's really great to see that, you know, our tools are also being used in different ways that I even I imagined. Yeah, when I, when I logged on yesterday, uh, a pop-up came up and said there was 14,386 users. Well, I'm assuming that's probably changed today, but... Uh, that's more for the, the the free followers, but yeah, we, we we send out a newsletter every day, which just has a couple of free tips in there. Uh, the actual paid membership base is a little bit smaller than that, naturally, uh, but we do have a pretty he healthy community. Um, we have a Discord channel uh, or community off the side of it, so we have a lot of members interacting with each other, sharing ideas with each other as well. Okay, I saw that you know, um, obviously, if, if somebody like me it filled me with sort of self doubt that I wouldn't be able to use a lot of the site, it says you can create. And you've already talked about this a bit. You can create your own profitable betting strategies, but to do this, don't you already have to be a bit of a genius? <laughs> uh, so, no, but, but, but the way I've looked at it, and, and it's 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 something that's evolved over time from from what I guess was a very simple platform to a lot more complex. But what I always say to members, and we have sort of a, a launch pad and an onboarding process that. You don't have to be a master of all tools immediately. So it's 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 understand you know focusing on one area or one model, understanding what works for you. And, and on a regular uh, on a regular basis, I'll have conversations with new members and sort of understand from them what's what's your risk profile, what's your betting bank, what type of bets do you do you prefer? Do you want to be laying? Do you want to be backing? Do you want to be focusing on balls? Do you want a high straight weight or you want to go for long guards? And all of those things will help them sort of form a. a a more custom approach that would fit that particular user, and I think it's important that, that people consider that and have their their have realistic objectives about what they want to achieve from their betting, rather than just coming in and going, "Great, there's 35 models here, I can place a thousand bets a day." That's not going to be practical for many people. So we try and help people understand uh, what's right for them. Okay, is it? I, I don't know, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if you're familiar with Proform in the UK as a whole a mm -hmm. database. Uh, yeah, racing uh, form, but. So if you have an idea, can you run it mm -hmm. through your computer to see if it would work, giving past results? Is that? that if, with, with, what, with, with the system builder side of the platform, yes, you absolutely can. If, if we've got the data and the variables for you to run that, you can literally get the results back within 10 seconds, 15 seconds. So you can run, you know, some of the leagues, we've got data going back to 2001. Some of the others are probably only going back to sort of seven or eight years, but you can run it by at a league level, you can run it at a, a team level, or you can run it at, um, you know, over a certain period and, and whatever form filters or uh, aspects you want to apply to it. So yeah, it would work very similar to a um, pattern form or a, I think there's another one horse race based, which would be a similar concept. Okay, John. Now, a lot of people say that football is the hardest sport to 
you win at because there's so many clever people out there crunching the tiniest bit of juice that there is in it. Um, there's some absolute, but there's seven said that there's some absolute geniuses that have made fortunes betting on football. Tony Bloom in the UK being the obvious one. Are you directly taking on the best brains in the business doing what you do? Um, interesting question. Though. Um, like I think I don't think they'd even be aware of us at this point. But I think I think what we we are doing is is um we're probably applying very similar knowledge and approaches to them. I mean, it all comes down to finding value. And I think what our tools allow people to do is, is perhaps look at uh, data that's not as widely um, uh, focused on in, in, in the mainstream and develop models that, may, that will give you an edge um, within that. We're also, we provide a lot of tools um, which also help with trading from a trading perspective, more uh, and in particular in play trading. And I think that's where uh, edges are at their greatest because whatever data you've assessed pre-match that can go out the window within a few minutes within a football match. So if you're understanding um, where value is pre-game and then applying that to uh, knowledge when you're watching a game, you can find much bigger edges that way as well. Okay, so it was very interested in a, in a quote that you, uh, that you sent me. <clears throat> Insights without actions are useless. How do we know which stats are important? So can you explain that and how do you know? Yeah, and I think that goes back to my original point about, you know, that you can find uh, stats about football teams and football matches coming up, but where predictology goes up a bit further is because you can look at um, those form statistics or, or, or trends and actually apply those to relevant betting markets. So you might look at a game and say, right, so if a team has had under two and a half goals in the last uh, six games, but the price on the under, under two and a half goals in this game is above a certain price, would that have been profitable if you'd followed that over the last 10 years? And then you can sort of start building the, the basis of, of, a, of a trend that may be profitable. And then you can look at some, um, forward testing that in, in real time and live data going forward to, to, to ensure that the edge is, is still applicable. Okay, so that's... So, that's yeah. Sorry, carry on. No, I just... I, I just it, it, It's probably a phrase that comes from my, my um, digital marketing background, but people can throw numbers at you a lot, but unless you know what those numbers unless you, unless you can create an action off that number it's just a number so you have to understand what does that number mean and what is the executable insight from the, from that from that insight yeah so the, the stats are obviously very important there do they i mean like i said before we'll talk about it later you cover basically you could bet 24 7 on football with the amount of data that you know you, you can sort of provide mm -hmm. do you need to tweak stuff from league to league and region to region to make it effective? Is, is it go that deep? Yeah, so I think there's, there's two aspects to consider when using the, the system builder aspect of the, of the platform. I mean, firstly, you don't want to ever want to be uh, backfitting a system. So, you know, just continue adding filters until it becomes profitable because then you, it's not something that's going to be sustainable going forward. So uh, some of the, the reports that we provide will tell you whether... Um, the model is statistically sound, whether it's had enough bets or, or, or data points, whether it, what, what it's Archie or cheese scores are. So there's things like that, which we can do to ensure that you're looking at data that may have merit going forwards. Um, and I forgot the other aspect of your question there. So I got, I got, that, went, that went down one path. And... Uh, region, just region to region. And oh, region to region, region. yeah. Yes, yeah, so there, there, there are definitely character different characteristics that will we'll, we'll apply uh, to different leagues. So one system that will not be, you know, one ring to rule them all, and then you can apply that to every uh, league that you, you play in. 
but it's it's like if, if I go for example like the Brazilian leagues in, in Argentina, South America, they're traditionally, uh, you know, you'll see it sort of as banded as, as, as gospel, but very low scoring and to avoid them from a betting or a trading perspective. But it's actually not true when you drill into the numbers. Yes, there are uh, low scoring teams in those. But if you understand that, that's it, what you will understand from that is that the prices can often be uh, priced up incorrectly on a game by game basis. So you go for leagues where uh, bookmakers are certainly from a UK perspective, perhaps pricing them up a little bit lazily, same can apply to the, the MLS. Once you understand the characteristics of those leagues, you can sort of find the value a lot easier in those. Um, like MLS is, pretty, is is quite widely known as being having a lot of late goals. So again, if it's, if it's a league that you're trading in play, looking at the last 15, 20 minutes of the game, you can see some quite swings, large swings in the odds as, as um, the events happen within that game. Yeah, right there. You mentioned AI. Um, people are getting already getting a bit sci-fi about artificial intelligence, the, the the march of the machines, and then people are actually pr protesting on the streets in places. Mm -mm. But you offer AI football tips, so you're embracing the technology. Yeah, so AI is actually um, a service that I do with Pete over at Smart, Smart Betting Club. It's taken a couple of the models from the predictology side and and just sort of packaged that up for for his his membership base, but. But the use of the word AI um, is probably not in the same way that we're seeing with the chat GPTs and, and things like that, but it's more of a machine learning aspect. So by having such a large database that we've got now, which is over 400,000 matches and 100 plus variables for each of those matches and so forth, it allows us to look at big data in, 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 a, in a much quicker way. And that's where we're able to sort of hone in on those aspects within, within that data. Um, so, for example, with that particular model, what we're doing is we we have an underlying model that's profitable, but then we're using various ratings uh, for the, for the the teams, and then we can look back through the database for other matches and teams which fit the similar criteria through that, and that helps us develop then a probability score for what the the price should be for that particular match based on thousands of other similar profiled matches, and then we apply then we look at the the the, the live odds. And if we're seeing prices available within the market, which are higher than what, than what our database estimates to be the true probability, we know we're backing into those at value. And that's one of the, the most successful models within the platform. Excellent, which leads me nicely into that next word, value. Um, mm -hmm. I've interviewed a lot of successful punters. Um, you explain, you ask them to explain value, and a lot of it is instinct, or they just know, or they, you know, they obviously do because mm -hmm. they win. So. Uh, you've, you've told me on the stuff you sent me about value. So can you mm -hmm. put it into perspective what you're looking for and what constitutes a value for you? Yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of it's through for what I'm doing um, is 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 using that larger data subset to understand what uh, basically basically stealing a, a a horse racing tool. We're creating, we're creating tissue prices for what we think every market might be, and it might, and it's not restricted just to the one X two. We'll be doing that for the Asian handicap market, the goals market, and we'll try and understand which one of those markets has potentially got the value in it. Because you might see uh, goals coming in, but the Asian handicap hasn't moved in the same ratio, so you can find value that way. Um, and I thought it was quite interesting because I was watching one of your interviews before we we came on with John Dinan. Is that how you pronounce it? In yeah. Yeah, and he was talking about why he he backs he focuses at the top end of the market. And it's something I do very much with the value betting as well because I think people 
have a grasp on value betting and they go, right, well, that price is 12 to 1 and it should be 10 to 1. We'll go into it. But for the exact same reasons that he was highlighting, I prefer to focus at the shorter end of the market because you have that regularity of, of winners and it's much easier to maintain the discipline, the confidence in the model and, and the approach. So with the the, the value uh, tips that we were just talking about, you know, we're, we're betting into those. They're predominantly odds on, a little bit over evens at times, but we're winning around about 73% of the time and compounding the staking on that. So I think from a... a um, a recreational punter, I think it's actually something that's a lot easier to manage to follow. It's a couple of bets a day. You know you're betting it to value. You can manage your bank easier because you can stake higher per point uh, ratio, and you can have the ability to compound it. Whereas if you're doing, uh, you know, much longer odds, the the swings and the volatility behind it are, are much harder. But also by focusing on those uh, shorter ends of the market, I think you can be a lot more confident in the data that you're accessing. Whereas the variables can get magnified the, the longer the odds that go out. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I mean, it said you told me that so betting at um, 1.2 when you think it should be 1.1, it looks like a very little margin of error. Or are you just zooming in? Is it? Is, can right. can yeah. you spot the, you know, because you said uh, like Johnny Denise, so if he <clears throat> if he thinks the horse is um, is 12 to one chance, it's 33. We back it, and, but mm. um, very difficult to spot. 1.1, 1.2 difference, or is it? Um, no, I think from from the models that we're we're using, um, it, it it can be quite. I mean, we, we we're getting uh, plenty of plenty of options per week. I mean, it's not high. It's not high volume. You're not having to have ten ten bets a day. But you might have ten bets a week. But those ten bets a week, you can be you can be very confident and and um, you know bet strongly into. And I'd much rather have that than trying to turn over a hundred bets a day to turn over my bank. I'd much rather be going in. Uh, with with a higher level of confidence on them, you sort of said about the bet the benefits of betting at that end of the market. Is a lot of it psychological? Um, I think it, it it was for me, and I think it would be for others as well. In that, I'd much prefer um, like I, I don't like long losing runs, and I've, I've adapted my 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 betting uh, to to meet that. I mean, interestingly, I'll probably flip that around completely when it comes to in-play trading, and I will be opposing those shorter odds. But that's a different mindset, and that's a different uh, different reason for that. But um, yeah, I, I I much prefer to be uh, having a, a higher strike rate, turning over the regular profits. Uh, and then the key is you can turn over your bank a lot quicker as well. So therefore, your return on capital uh, it can compound a lot quicker as well. Okay, now another thing. Um, just once again, apologies to people that know all these terms, but you talk about compound staking. So, for the mm -hmm. that don't understand what that is, can you just explain what compound staking is? Yeah, sure. So, like, let's say we were using a one one percent stake on a thousand pound bank. Uh, your first bet would be ten pounds, and if that bet was to to win uh, even money, you've then got one thousand and ten pounds. So, your then next bet would be uh, one percent of that figure. And by doing that, it, it's uh, it's uh, it allows you to accelerate the profit growth. It's, it's. Um, I think Albert Einstein calls it the, it the seventh, seventh mystery of the world, or something like that. Um, so, you, it's, rather than betting level stakes, you're, you know, as your bank increases, you're able to bet uh, at a higher stake, stake per, per, per bet, basically as a monetary term rather than a, the, the percentage. Because the percentage stays the same, but equally, if you go into a losing run, your stakes drop accordingly until you start picking back up again. Okay, John. Now you, your website. You've 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 just said earlier you provide people with free bets if they want them, if they if they mm -hmm. sign up. Um, 
and you also if you i assume if you're a paid member you so said you provide members with models that work obviously mm-hmm. that's fluid if they work but i suppose going back to that figure which you said is less for the added you know for the people that pay but 14,486 be a drop in the ocean in the global betting market so at the moment like you met like you said when we talked about um tony bloom it's sort of mm-hmm. under the radar without making a ripple at the minute so it's sustainable to have that many people all trying to get on the same bets mm-hmm. yes, that, I mean, yeah I, yeah i would agree i mean look i think we're you know we're, we're, we're probably a bit something that's been relatively small until the last 12 18 to uh, 18 months um i think that there's there's more awareness of the site and we, we, we've the membership base has, has, has grown pretty well and we're getting a lot of positive feedback you know i think we, we picked up one of the awards with the smart betting club but even at that stage you know we're, we're, we're i would imagine we're, we're still pretty small in terms of that pool um you know not every person that's signing up for our site is signing up with a, a six-figure bank and, and placing bets some are just looking to you know become profitable for the first time and we can help them do that so you know they're staking five pounds and ten pounds um Another aspect of what we do is we we also do we do it we're probably one of the earlier movers on automation. So uh, if anyone uh, is using sort of the BF Bot Manager software, which is which is one you can connect into Betfair, we we can connect our systems directly to that bot, so they can actually come in, spend a little bit of time picking the models they want to follow, um, can downloading the files that we'll give them to put into their into their bot, and then they can the, the tips would would go directly into that. So again, it's something that really enables um i guess the hobby side of it or the, or the recreational side of it because a lot of this could be automated and you know they just check in a couple of times a week see how it's performing uh but it also allows people to, to do a lot more at scale as well so obviously we cover 68 leagues and competitions across the globe obviously there's games that are taking place at 2 a.m in the uk time or you're going to miss that bet whereas by using software you can be placing those bets 24 7 seven days a week do you need to be fairly competent with computers and, and programming and stuff to be able to set bots up and things? Yeah, look, I think there is a learning curve to it for sure. Um, like our, our recommendation to people is to use something called a, a VPS, which is a virtual private server that normally has a lot of people running for the hills. <laughs> but what that effectively is, is, is your computer sitting in the cloud. So, you know, there is a little bit of setup behind that. Once you've installed the software, you can access it from your computer, you can access it from your phone, and it'll, it'll just run whether you're you're at home or, or not. Um, but we we provide help in how to do that. We'll, we'll we provide video guides as well. Same, and, and we also create the strategies. Like if you went into BF Bot Manager and wanted to create your own strategy, yeah, I mean the variables are immense, and it might be very difficult to do. But what we try and do is we will provide the file as well, so you literally don't even have to do very much once it's once it's you know you've signed up and, and set it up. Just set your bank, set your stake, and the rest would be handled by us or, or by the software. So we can remove as much of the technical requirements that, that's reasonably possible, and we'll help anybody in that process if we can. Okay, now, I, I was very spoiled by you because you did send me a hell of a lot of information, so it, it's made my job very easy, but I am <laughs> quoting that you've told me. So one of the things I was interested in, you said focusing on value selections identified significantly significantly increased profitability profitability now was that really a surprise when the bedrock of all successful punting were led to believe is value no not a surprise but i think what that that statement's trying to portray is as 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 the 
technology advances in the world of the last five years have allowed us, what it's allowed us to do is, is more robustly and more efficiently identify where that value is. So we were, we were betting at value previously, but not necessarily being able to quantify how much value we were getting or um, whatnot. Whereas now I, I believe our rating models and our machine, machine learning systems are, are, are incredibly robust. And when we say we, we, know, we have value, we know with, with a high degree of confidence that it really is value and, and to the percentage point of how much value we're getting out of each particular bet. Okay, so are you comfortable talking about your own personal betting? Uh, yeah, mostly. <laughs> so yeah. Well, so I mean, tell us what tell us what you're comfortable telling us, and uh, there. <clears throat> I, I pretty much I'm I'm pretty open on 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 the majority of it. The only thing I have to sort of sidestep a little bit is is some of my. I'm, I'm restricted in a lot of places in the UK, and I have a few accounts, but I probably won't go into too much detail on how and where I use those so that's all is there an extradition order from the Philippines <laughs> not that not quite that serious <laughs> everything's above board it just maybe uh, you know the usual thing friends accounts and things like that you know so, so just give us a, a, a I mean would you be would you be sort of a trader would you be a backer are you a layer are you sort of are you doing a bit of arbing what what would be your main source it if, if one thing was cut off from what you do which would hurt you the most yeah okay um so i don't do any any arbitrary anything like that currently i am would say i'm about 65 70 uh percent backer versus trader and set, trading these days is about 70 percent of what i do back five years ago it's probably the other way around um but the reality is, so from the, from the, the back inside, I'm, I'm, I have some very, models that I've follow, followed for very years. It's very systematic. I get up in the morning, run a few reports. I know what I'm doing, placing those bets. And that's sort of just just repeated day in, day out. I'm just trying to find the prices. But over the time, um, you know, I'm finding just with the, with the football trading, it's it's uh, the, the scalability of it, of it is, 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 is a lot larger than the, the backing side of it because there are we don't we'll, we'll run into limits at times and, and difficulty placing bets on the backside so that sort of picks over and does very well but has a ceiling whereas with the trading i believe you know i can scale that a lot higher so with with your trading you literally sat there watching a match with uh, betting and running it is betting and running um i focus more around the sort of the last 15 20 minutes of a game i call my personal sort of phrase for that is hot zones because um look if you take any league and you look at the goal stats, the highest proportion of goals are scored in the last 15 minutes of games. So that is where the most dramatic changes can be in, in, in prices. Um, and it's that sort of, there's, there's, a, there's a little spot where the the price is accelerating higher, but the probability of an event, i.e. a goal, is not decreasing at the same rate. So if you're if you've profiled or if you're, it can be watching game and it can be also using data. I'll use a bit of both depending on the scenario. Um, there are there are scenarios within that where the price is very very favorable for one one action or one goal and you can get up to you know two times five times sometimes ten times your returns just by one goal in, within the market so uh, it's a lot more volatile um but the returns are are, are very um attractive then when we we met at uh, smart bash you sort of mooted mm. the idea of you being sat on the beach and I quite like the idea of a pina colada in hand and all that sort of thing. Do you have, I mean, it's 
the I suppose the lazy punter's dream is you've got all these bots that can, mm. and you've got the bit you know, of value things. So, do you have bots running twenty four seven? So when you wake up, you check your computer and think, "Oh, that's Andy," and then disappear down to the beach. Is that is that is that a pipe? Or is that something that can actually be reality? Because I'm sure that's what a lot of people watching this would quite fancy the idea of. Yeah, no, look, I mean, it definitely is a reality uh, and a possibility for for anyone. Uh, I sort of I call it diversification. So I have my models which run through the bot, and they take care of themselves. Don't need to do too much on them. I'll have the the back bets that I place in the morning, uh, as I, as alluded to earlier. So those are a pretty, you know, process driven. I'm looking for the prices, locking that in, placing those bets, and then where the 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 time suits me, I'll dedicate a few hours on a day or a few days per week where I'll do do the trading. Now, with the automation, there's two aspects to it. And I think this is something that people um, perhaps don't consider. You might have a model A that you know it wants to place, you know, just place bet one, two, three, four, five as you go along. What I use the automation more is is to top up or or place additional bets around a bet that I may have already placed in the morning. So, for example, if I fancy uh, I'll just give you an example. Let's say I fancy Manchester United to be beating uh, Norwich City in, in, in a game that afternoon. Now, what my bot example, one of the strategies I have within the bot, it's already we already we're already into Manchester United. But if, if the match is level, at seventy minutes, it will place a second point to take into the market because I'm still fancying Manchester, you know, Manchester United to win. I'm confident with the strike rates, and that's just a way that if the match is the odds are higher within the player, then I can get extract more value out of at that point. So I use automation a lot for that. Um, some of the trading strategies I have can be automated. So when I'm not online, um, they could, they're, they're working away. But I still I still have a view, personally, despite all of these things, that when I'm actually trading, I'll, I'll trade with higher stakes live just because it's, as much as I trust the technology, it's just still a, a human factor likes to be the one in control of the buttons, <laughs> if that makes sense. Can, can you mention... Uh, ballpark figure of your sort of staking yeah um, per game for a trading perspective it's it would be mid three to four figures on a on a particular game um, there'll be fractional points within that betting wise um, yeah I mean again probably similar to, to depending on the strength or depending on the model somewhere between three and four figures would be going down on the slope. So certainly probably not, certainly not the highest uh, staker that you probably interviewed, but for myself, it's, it's, it's a good level. Okay. Right. Just a little bit about your background. Um, mm -hmm. You moved to Sydney in 2007. Is that for work? Yes. It was for work. Yeah. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I, I think around about 2004, 2005, I was quite early coming into the digital marketing world when Google was becoming a thing way before, Facebook and the Twitter and those and you know I worked for, for a very interesting company um, great startup did very well opportunity to sort of take that knowledge into the Sydney market was there took that had a great nine years there living by the beach and living a you know very nice life in a, in a, in a popular city um, but when I decided to go full-time look the Philippines was somewhere I was already very well acquainted to I had friends and family here um, and it just made logical sense to change the lifestyle a little bit but also when you're going uh pro for the first time you want to give yourself as long a runway as possible and not have to worry about rents as and, and, and such and such like so it, it was sort of a perfect storm uh scenario to come and you know live in a great beautiful location have a flexible lifestyle and and not have to worry too much about making it work immediately 
<laughs> we, yeah, I can see the, the attraction there. Um, you, you mentioned the favourite horse race of the year is the Melbourne Cup, which is great for exotic mm. betting. You obviously no no slouch at backing horses either, because you won sixty eight thousand dollars on one bet. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it, it's I, I sort of uh, I sort of described the Melbourne Cup as a, somewhere between Cheltenham and the Grand National because it's. It's not the highest quality race, but it's 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 has a huge purse strings, which is where I'm sort of thinking like the the Cheltenham thing. But you still have, but you also have a very high number of runners. Not quite as high as the Grand National, but what it does leave you with is a very long spread within the field of quite high uh, odds runners in there. And you know, I was I was actually taught this by a racing friend when I got to Australia that there's a way of structuring your exotic bet that you sort of take three or four of your 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 strongest fancies and put them at the front and, and, and box them in just in first. But then you include those in second with another four of your, your next in your list and do that for third and fourth and then just box them out. So it's a, it's a fairly large stake, but when it comes off, it pays off very, very handsomely. I think I'll probably in the, the 10 years I've been doing it, I'll probably get a return one in three years and it will vary between a few thousand right through to that one year where it was 68,000. But it's a race I enjoy. There's, there's lots of... Um, data about it a lot of coverage about it and similar to the grand national you know you, you, you say you've got a pool of 20 plus runners you can probably get rid of a third immediately and then once you just if you're then playing playing the playing the odds to structure the bet in the right way that you're giving yourself a coverage right through the field and you just need things to land in the right way and you get a pretty pretty decent payout from it is it just the melbourne cup you bet on, on horses these days, yes. Back in the day, I was betting a, a lot more, but that one is just the one I wait for each year. I come around and, and get stuck into it, really. <laughs> yeah, now, let's get to the end now, but you're obviously very talented with computer data, analysing data, profiting from what you find. Wouldn't you, be, wouldn't you be earning a lot more money if you dedicated your life to the city or something like that? Possibly, but I'd probably be a lot less happier. <laughs> uh, look, uh, look, I, 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 I had a very good career. Uh, I enjoyed it. I went as I achieved what I wanted to. Went as high as I wanted to. Um, I, I value my own time way more than 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 a salary these days. And you know, and I really appreciate not having a boss. I just, I just prefer to live by my rules, my time how I want to do things and I put a lot of value in, st in stock in that and I think I, I, yeah I think I made the right choice Brilliant. right uh, Predictology if anybody wants to go and look for it is how, it's, how it sounds Predictology uh, if somebody just wants to dip their toe in and they're a bit tight they don't want to spend any money what, what can they get for that? nothing so at the moment we, we have a just for a quid you can get seven days trial so you know if you, if you can if you can stretch to a pound, you can sign up. You can you can use every tool. Nothing's restricted. You can reach out to me. We can have a chat, see if it's for you. And we'll, you know, by all means, try that. You can find us at predictology.co, so not .com, but .co, or just go onto Twitter or YouTube and at predictology, and you'll you'll find us. Okay. And finally, how near are you to buying your own football club? <laughs> uh, maybe uh, Manila South FC. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, be sponsored by Predictology, obviously. Uh, anyway, yeah, exactly. uh, thanks very much for your time, John. So, John Roberts, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Simon. Appreciate it.